Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, we had an incredible Easter last week with a lot of new people. So exciting. And we are connected. Our church is connected all the way back to the very first church. The church described in the book of of Acts in the Bible, it grew quickly into this dynamic and powerful force that shaped the entire world. And this message of hope and power was spoken through it. And people who heard it couldn't get enough of it. It was in a word irresistible. So can we carry that spirit of the church forward in our day? How does our church become truly irresistible? We're going to look at the book of Acts and what it takes to become this kind of church over the next three weeks. In this series called Irresistible, we're going to talk about three ideas that can make our church truly irresistible. Um, I've never really had any enemies in my life, uh, but I did get in a few fights when I was a kid. It was always with kids who were older and bigger than me for some reason. I was not very smart. Uh, And it would always happen because something would happen and, and then I wouldn't back down and I remember one time getting into a fight with David Ogden. He, he and his brother Kevin were our good friends. But uh, that day, and I can't to this day remember why, we were not friends at all. We were enemies. We were playing football and something happened to me and I got mad and I don't know what happened, but I wouldn't let it go. And we got into a fight, which was uh, really more like a wrestling match. But the problem was he was in eighth grade and I was in sixth grade. And uh, I don't know if you know about the size difference between eighth grade boys and sixth grade boys, but it is significant. And let's just say that I came home with a uh, bruised up face and pretty much a bruised up ego. But David really wasn't my enemy. I've never really had any of those. I want to tell you a story today about someone who, who was an enemy. He was an enemy of the early church. He was an enemy of Christians, and and more importantly than that, he was an enemy of God. How God dealt with this enemy of his is an incredible story, and what he does and says about it applies directly to you and me, and and his desire for you is that you're not his enemy. It's that you you and I are his friends, And, and at its foundation, this is what makes the church truly irresistible. Uh, when I went to Charleston not too long ago, you, you go down to Charleston and you can see these signs along the, the interstate that say repent. And that word probably has a lot of negative connotations to you, kind of real fiery letters. But what it really means is reconsider. And, and reconsidering things in our lives is a good thing. It's necessary. We get going in the wrong direction in life without thinking. And sometimes we need to reconsider. One time I was driving uh, to Chicago and I ended up in Tennessee instead because I missed my exit. I was actually like 50 miles past my exit, just going along, missed it, kind of going just where the road took me. And for a lot of us, that's been our approach to life, that at some point you just kind of pick your feet up in in the current and you let it take you wherever it wants you to go. And if you're a Christian, maybe it's time to reconsider whether your environment or other people around you are determining the direction of your life more than God. If you're, if you're not a Christian, maybe it's time to, to just consider this for the first time. 
Sometimes we're forced to reconsider things, like you lose a job and you kind of forced to reconsider, a, a marriage, or you get a diagnosis and it forces you to reconsider, or you realize I'm just doing a lot of good things, but I'm lacking purpose, I'm lacking peace. So I wanna share with you today the story of Saul from the book of Acts. And we have a lot more in common with him than we would like to admit. Here's how it goes. Uh, it says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He, he went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So Saul's story, he's, he's a highly educated Jewish man, very, very religious, very, very motivated. He's someone that if, if we were there, we would probably have celebrated him, probably have admired him for all of his achievements. But here's a true statement. You can be very religious and not have peace with God. In fact, for Saul, he was about to find out that he was in opposition to God. It goes on to say this, as, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And we immediately can realize something here. Jesus is not a set of beliefs to declare he's a person to encounter. Paul was getting, Saul was getting ready to have a, an encounter with him. We used to play this game when I was a kid called sardines. It was kind of like hide and seek. And the, the fun part was that someone was looking for you in that game. That's how God is with you. He's been looking for you. He was looking for Saul and, and he won't rest until he gets your attention. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. Who are you, Lord? It's, it's okay to have these questions like he had. It's okay to ask questions as faith is big enough for your questions. And the most important question you'll ask is kind of like Saul, who is Jesus? Like that's the most important question. And, and here's the response he heard. He said, Jesus says, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. What helps you move forward? is clarity on who Jesus is. At some point in your journey, on your road, you need to have an encounter with him, an encounter that leads to inner peace with God and yourself that leads to your next step. So Saul got up and he realized he couldn't see. And then uh, some men led him by hand to Damascus. He spent three days there, he was blind, he didn't eat or drink. And the Lord spoke to a man named Ananias. He said, go ask for a man named Saul. He's praying and he's seen a vision of a man with your name placing hands on him. Ananias says, Lord, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all the who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. God is no respecter of persons. He's gonna use the foolish things to, to confound the wise instead of the wise. So Ananias, he goes into the house, he lays his hands on Saul, he calls him brother and, and, and Saul's given the Holy Spirit, scales fall from his eyes, he gets up, he was baptized and not only into a new name no, like known as Paul instead of Saul, he gets into another name, he gets another name. He went from enemy to friend and then God used him to change the world. God took an enemy of his and he turned him into a friend. And then he used him to fulfill his purposes here on earth. 
which was about building a church that was truly irresistible to others around it so that when people, even those who were living in opposition to God, when they saw it, they experienced it, they couldn't help but say, wow, that, that, that people who were enemies of God could become friends that the church begins to be the church in all its power. And when you move from a life that opposes God to a life that walks in step with God, you become his friend. When you're enemies, you have something in between you, right? Like you have tension, you have conflict. You're, you're kind of like seated across the table from each other. You're opposed to one another. But when you're friends, when you're on the same side, you and I get to be on the same side as, as God. It's just that it takes Jesus to make that happen. But... But when you have said yes to Jesus, you can become his friend. And a church filled with a bunch of God's friends is irresistible. Now, there's two things as Jesus' friend that you can and you should do regularly. These are, these are things that happen to Paul. They can happen to you. And the first thing is this. Seek out an encounter with Jesus. Seek an encounter with him. You can, you can regularly talk to him like a friend. This, this happens through worship. It happens through prayer. It happens through just recognizing that you live life with him at your side, seek an encounter with Jesus. The second thing is, is this. We all wonder what the next step is for us, like what's next for us in our lives. Let Jesus direct your steps from here forward. Saul was like a lot of us, he knew all of his steps. He had it all planned out his whole life. Uh, Mike Tyson said this, he said, everybody has a plan till they get punched in the mouth. Well, Paul probably would have said, Everybody has a plan until they get knocked off their horse. Everybody has a plan. You don't need a plan. You need Jesus. He'll show you the plan. He will show you the next step. Let him direct those steps from here forward. Because of Jesus, friends, because of Jesus, you can be a friend of God. And that makes the church, when we're all together, an irresistible place to be. So if we wanna become a church that connects with our community, if we wanna become a church that loves our community well, we will first start by saying, how do we become an irresistible influence here? And that begins when we move from enemies to friends. And that's God's invitation to you. That's God's invitation to me. And as we're friends, when we are friends, we can have an encounter with him on a regular basis. And then we can let him direct our next steps. And I gotta tell you that that feels freeing. That puts me at peace, knowing that I may not know my future, but he does. Because of Jesus, we can be friends of God. And that is good good news. Let's pray. God, I'm so grateful that even though we, by our very nature, have been opposed to you, that, that we in, a, in so many ways that are very, very real have been your enemy, that through Jesus, through the cross, through his resurrection, we can now be declared your friend. And that's who we are. Your invitation to us is to be your friend and that that, God, as we live that out, not only by ourselves, but in community, in connection with one another, in the church, it creates an irresistible, loving, compassionate, powerful, dynamic place where we can 
encourage one another and love one another and also love our world. Thank you for that, Father. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.